0: Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at the church at Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting the church slash give.
1: So, hey, great to see you, church. Welcome. Thanks for being here. If you're, uh, uh, we've had several today. This must be first time in the house Sunday. There's a lot of new families that have come. First service had several new families, this one has as well. And so I'm grateful uh, that you're here. Welcome. Thank you for being here. So um, last week I uh, shared with you the State of the Church address. If you were not here, uh, it's the Sunday I unpack a whole lot of information, a whole lot of numbers about what God did in 19. and kind of what it has, what he has in store for us uh, in 20, and uh, next couple of weeks today and next Sunday, I'll kind of want to do a message continuing that same theme, but maybe looking a little bit deeper into some of that. Uh, I've entitled the message "Right on the Money." Right on the money, uh, it's more than a dollar, and it is more than a dollar. So I want to ask you a question, church: Do you remember the first time no, just? Kind of got to go back, okay? If you're like me, got to go a little bit further back. When you were in church, how old were you? Maybe what church you were in. When you saw giving, when you exercised giving, when, you, when, when it kind of clicked for you, do you remember when, how old you were? I do. I was about 10 years old. I grew up in First Baptist Church in Athens, Texas. My dad was a deacon there. My mom taught Sunday school forever. Um, I'm one of three children. I'm the oldest. My dad was very faithful in his giving. And uh, at that time, you used to have envelopes of boxes that would be mailed to your house. Any of y'all remember when the envelopes would come to your house? So um, we would have envelopes that were mailed to our house. And then my dad would always get extra ones. They didn't have all the information about our family on it, but that's what he would uh, get for me, my brother, and my sister. He would put two quarters in there and seal them up, and when we got ready to load up into the car to go to church, he would hand them to us. Now, he would put our name on there when we were young, but after a time, he would let us fill it out, and I felt so big that I could write my name on my offering envelope. All right, And so I always had two quarters in it. Here's what I couldn't understand about the Baptist church. Didn't have a lot of colors, very not real creative people. We had mint green, kind of a light blue, and I'm not sure about this third color this light pink thing. They didn't think about boys that were 10 years old when they made that color. So, those were kind of the colors of the envelopes, and so. Uh, you could either give, you had a lot of boxes on there. Uh, went to Sunday school, went to worship, brought my Bible, brought a friend. Remember all that? I, I never figured out what they were doing with all that boxes, but we had a lot of boxes on there. So I just check them all because I wanted people to think I was really something. So I just check them all, you know. And so the last one was always give the Lottie Moon. I didn't even know who it was. I just checked the box. And so um, so we go to church. So you could give during Sunday school or you could wait and give in big church. And so I remember the first time that I wanted to give in big church, uh, they, would, they would take up the Sunday school offering, and I didn't give my envelope. I had my envelope, but I didn't give my envelope. And the little lady said, uh, Jeff, are you going to give today? Yes, ma'am. I'm, I'm giving in big church. She, didn't, she wasn't very happy. So I guess there was a competition between classes. I don't know. But she didn't like me after that. She thought I was mean. But I was just wanted to do it in big church. So I remember sitting in big church. They used to do it in the middle. Lady would sing a song. They would call it a special. Wasn't always special. But they would sing in the middle, call it special. And then they would, Deacon would come up and he'd pray. Kind of sound the same thing every time, no matter who did it. And then, then they would start passing the plates. And I remember at 10 years old, I was sitting there and the plates were coming by and I had my offering. And you know, those. Pencils in the back of the pew. I didn't know what they were for, but I found a really good purpose for them. All right. So if you color your pencil, if you take your pencil and color your quarters, you can make faces and you can put eyes and nose and a mouth and you can put ears and grow hair and all kinds of good stuff. So my my envelope had great artwork on it, my offering envelope. So the plate would come by and I would drop my my envelope in there and it would go down the aisle and everybody would do that. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm big. That's so cool. I, I'm, part, I'm part of the giving of the church. And I remember watching that. Now, my mom, did your moms have different eyes in church than other times of life? My mom did. She had these of eyes, these, these eyes. I think she kept in a glove compartment. We got to church and parked. She took her other eyes out, put these other eyes in. So she saw my envelope, had all these colored faces with spiked hair and ears, and she looked at me with those church eyes, and you just want to cry. You just know it's not good for you, you know, and so it just made me cringe every time I saw my mom and her eyes in church, but that was the first time I was 10 years old that I got to really feel like I was a part of the giving part of the church, and it kind of grew from there, but but all of us had those moments where the first time we felt like we were part of the church because we were part of, we, we got to give. So last week, uh, I have a beautiful opportunity to share gorgeous numbers about our church and the health of our church and how well our church is doing. Uh, if you do not know, uh, we are a debt-free church. That happened in November. Uh, the last new building that we built was next door, and that was, we had a note for $800,000 on that building next door. And in two years, while making budget both years, we paid extra every time. And knock that eight hundred thousand out. So you sit on nine point two acres, and every building you see on this property is debt free. And so that's a beautiful thing. But I got to share that. I got to share a lot of numbers. Uh, Let me recap some of those. Um, The the 2019, we had a total tithe of a little over one point three million just in tithes. That's just in the giving every Sunday. Uh, we do the manger offering in December. We use it for payoff debt or we use it for construction or all kind of different things. There were 261872 that were given at the manger offering, which is an incredible amount. Total giving for the year of 2019, just a little over $1.6 million giving uh, for the church in those times in in, in 2019. And then a number that I I really focus a lot on is giving units. You could call them giving families. This is somebody that either a family or an individual that either gave during this on Sundays or gave at the manger offering. So sometime during the year of 2019, you gave to the church 388 giving units or giving families made up all that. And so today what I wanted to do, I wanted to walk us through uh, uh, several questions, but three right off the bat. How is the money used? Because 1.6 is a lot of money. Anybody agree with that? If you don't agree with that, then you need to see me after. We need to be friends, okay? But 1.6 is a lot of money, amen? So how do, how do you use that money? Because what my desire is that if somebody bumped into you as a church, this is your home church, they bumped in and say, hey, man, uh, I heard you have really strong giving at your church. Tell me some of the things that you give towards. Well, I want my church to be able to talk about that, okay? So you're going to know that after today. If you listen, good. Okay. So, so, how's my money used? What does the money do? It's a good question. What does the money do? Where does the money go? Good questions. Okay. When I, I want to call your attention to a, a, a scripture. You're going to see it on the screen. Acts 1-8. Listen to scripture. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem in Judea, in Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth. That's a powerful text. Now, that is two-fold message on the you there. That's you, me, you, little church, little C. We're going to be that witness outside these walls. But it's to the corporate church, big church, as we call it. What we're doing today. The church is commissioned by God, empowered by God through the Holy Spirit to be a witness outside the church and around the world. It is the power of God working. It's an, a beautiful thing. It's a powerful thing. And God commissioned us to do that. So I want to look at Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, all that, and how that, how that uh, falls into the church. What's that look like here at TCAB? What's that look like for the church at at Bushland? So up on the screen, I took them in three groupings. Missions, number one. People say, what are all the missions that we give to? Give to a lot of missions, about 18 or 20 of them. So I want to pop them up. I'm going to go pretty quick. You're going to have to listen fast, okay, Uh, and listen well. So these are a bunch of the mission groups that we give. So basically, let me say this. If you give regularly here, uh, part of these missions are in our budget, our operating budget. They get... We give to them year round. Okay, so your your ties and offerings go to that. So BGCT and and Amarillo Area Baptist Association. So the BGCT is the Baptist General Convention of Texas. You say, well, Jeff, we're not a Baptist church anymore. I know that. I'm the pastor. Okay, well aware of that. But thanks for your help. One of the, but I'm sorry, but one of the things, one of the things that the Baptist Church has done, gorgeous and still does gorgeous, is the Baptist General Convention of Texas has a thing called the cooperative program. If you grew up Baptist, you know what that means. Let me tell you what a cooperative program is. You see that building over there to our our right, to my right, your left? That's a co-op, all right? The cooperative program in Baptist church is like a co-op. All these churches give money. It's all in one big old pool, and they take that money from all those churches, and they sent it to all the Baptist missionaries all over the world. I'm sorry, but that's so Baptist. No, that's so Bible. That is absolutely 110 percent how God drew it up. That's just flat gorgeous, man. Now, unfortunately, there's been a lot of junk as it happened amongst all that sometimes and it kind of gets clouded and loses its impact but the bottom line is the cooperative program in the Baptist Union Convention in Texas is a gorgeous thing so when you give some of your giving some of our budget goes to the cooperative program we fund missionaries that we'll never ever ever meet this side of heaven and they're changing lives. And I think it's a beautiful thing that can continue to do it. And Area Baptist Association, that's the Area Baptist Association office. Brian Hauser is a DOM, Director of Missions. He helped his church tremendously uh, when there was a very little amount of people here, 15, 18, 20 people here. Okay. He helped form a pastor search committee. And out of that help from him, uh, that committee uh, that was formed here called me as their senior pastor back in 08. Uh, there wasn't much of us then, okay? There's a bunch here now, all right? But, so we can not do any give. So let me roll on. BSEM, Emerald, Emerald College, and WT, uh, they do a uh, lunch, midweek lunch, sometimes Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, pizzas, all kind of Chick-fil-A, all kind of stuff. They, the lunch is free to college students. Nothing, nothing on a college campus draws a crowd like free. Nothing. Telling you, still true today, true when you went to school. They come at that lunch, they share the gospel. Many college kids get saved at those luncheons. I like that. We like that as a church. We give to that, okay? That's why we do that. Hope Choice, uh, that used to be CareNet. You may not connect that name, but Hope Choice is who that is. Streams of Water. Uh, that's a ministry of a family that lives in Bushland. That's one of our bigger mission families we give to. 20000 a year we give to that ministry. That's five a quarter. Mission Amarilla. you may not know Mission Amarilla. Let me say this, shoes, we collect shoes. That's that ministry that does shoes. We help them a lot of other ways as well. Uh, those crazy etridges, uh South Africa, uh, United World Missions come home. That's Josh and Paige. Uh, World of Mission. That used, I think that's the Martins. That's still yeah. That's still Ryan and, and Aubrey. Uh, Third Strand. That's a new one. You may not recognize Third Strand. That is breast, breast milk. This guy, this is a local Amarillo missions. His name ain't Kyle. Is that right? Was was Sean? Do oh, what? Oh, joy. Kyle Joy. So lost his sister. Correct. Is how it got started? Yes. So he collects breast milk from all over the world. It comes to him. He sends it to thousands of people all over the world free. And I'm going to tell you, it's a beautiful ministry. It's touching many, many lives. Okay? And so we're a part of that ministry. Based here in Amarillo, it's a beautiful ministry, creative ministry. It's, it, I mean, you, you, you scratch the itch, you never know. Uh, ends of the earth, um, that is Australia. Uh, that's uh, the Andrew Williams and his family there in Australia. Mission 2540, uh, Brooks Boyette, apartment ministry in Amarillo. Many of those apartment complexes, very little English. He has a great relationship with all those apartment ministries. Our youth go to VBSs, backyard Bible clubs. That's a gorgeous ministry. Uh, Sharing Hope Ministry, that's the uh, battered women Downtown, uh, women trying to start over from drug trafficking, uh, abuse, all that stuff. That's the Apache's Place. Y'all know Apache's Place? That's part of that, okay? Christian Relief Fund, that's a beautiful ministry. Uh, remember chickens and wells. I mean, uh, not the wells, like chickens and not the sea wells. Wells you pump water with, okay? Water wells. Okay, sorry. All right. uh, Faith City, I used to do a lot of stuff at Faith City. Uh, that's why the students are right there. Good News Club. Let me hand the ladies that have a part of Good News Club. There's several of you. Good. Those are beautiful. They go into elementary schools, and they, and they, uh, they do Bible stories to children after school. And uh, we provide snacks and all kind of things. We used to do it on five, six, seven, eight campuses all over Amarillo and Bushland and everything. But we give to those ministries to kind of help that happen. And the Big Feed, you know Big Feed. That's the thing that James does. Goes down to Mexico between Christmas and New Year's. And uh, we send a team, but we also send money to support them. So that's some of the mission stuff. That's kind of the big outside the church, okay, kind of way out there. Let me, let me make the circle a little bit bigger. Go to outreach. These are outreach opportunities that we do outside of church. Uh, Easter extravaganza, that's the middle school with Easter eggs. Reach a lot of families there. Vacation Bible School, still one of the strongest evangelism arms of the church. Probably will be forever. Fall Festival, great way to reach families outside the church. Candlelight services, can't say enough about Candlelight. Over 1,300 people came to our three services this year. So you know many of those. Uh, many people stick at our church after coming to Candlelight. So uh, it's a beautiful ministry. And then uh, Women's Holiday Dinner. Uh, guys, this is hard for you to think about, but there's about 250 ladies in this room right here having dinner, and it's crazy fun, okay? So, uh, it's a beautiful ministry, a lot of women there. Uh, Men's Breakfast, uh, another one coming up February 1st, that's at Loki's house. Uh, breakfast for men. They come from everywhere. Uh, we've connected a lot of men to our church. Local school assemblies. Tommy does a great job. And Mark getting uh, people in the schools, talk about the Lord and stuff like that. Uh, fall kickoff. You know all about fall kickoff. Let me do one more grouping. This is uh, camps and retreats. So you've got missions. Then you come a little tighter just outside the walls, outreach and stuff. This is kind of in-house stuff. Uh, this is youth camp, super summer, D-NOW, Kids camp, pre camp, pre now, men's retreat, women's retreat, marriage retreat. Lot of stuff. Okay, so you see a lot of different opportunities within our operating budget to make an impact. Is it is it more than a dollar? Oh my gosh, more than a dollar. Is it more than my two little quarters that I used to draw hair on and ears and eyes? Yes. To me, that's just two little quarters. But for the kingdom. Powerful, powerful, okay? That's all the stuff at TCAB. So let me ask you, you, may have never thought about this. Question for you is, what's the subject of the Bible? Anybody know the subject of the Bible? John 1.1, Jesus is the Word, and the Word dwelt among us. It's living and active. The subject of the Bible is Jesus, Period. From Genesis to Revelation. So let me ask you this. What's the verb of the Bible? I know some of you are like, English? Ugh, I don't want to do English. Subject's Jesus. Verb would be giving. Giving. John 3, 16. For God so what? Loved the world that he gave. That he gave. We are never more like God than when we give. Whether it be monetarily, whether it be in service of our time, any of that stuff, we're never more like him than when we give. So can giving, giving will change the church. Will giving change a church? Absolutely change a church. It is the strong arm of the church. It has to be a strong team in the church. Without a giving team of the church, the church is held back. It can't be all that God wants it to be. It struggles. It limps. It sometimes drags itself. The giving team of the church, giving will change the church. Amen. But it's not just there. Giving will change the person. Giving will change a person. In my notes, I put every time and forever. That's the truth. Those of you in here that are already part of that 388 of the giving team, we can do popcorn testimonies all day long where you said, giving changed my life. When I started giving, it changed, man. It changed. It changed everything. Matthew six twenty four says this. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one, he will love the other. He'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't. It's impossible to serve both God and money. So here's a question. Why did God implement tithing? I know it's a money talk, okay? Bear with me. Why did God implement tithing? You ever thought, I see next week we're going to talk a little bit more in depth out of Malachi about tithing giving offering but but the question is i asked a guy one time why did god implement tithing just a blank stare is all i got good bacon great eggs blank stare all right why did god implement tithing okay you might say for the kingdom you might say to build the church you might say pay the pastors <laughs> you might say all three does it do all three? It does all three. There's no doubt that tithing impacts a kingdom. It grows the church. And yes, it pays the pastors. Thank you. Okay, It does pay the pastors. Okay, But that's really not why God intended and why God implemented um, tithing. That's not. The reason he did it is for us. That's just the truth. God implemented tithing. For us. Why? Because he knows us. He knows me. Who knows me better than anybody? God. Who knows what he created better than anybody? God does. God implemented tithing because he knows me and you. Because here's the deal. If you've ever volunteered in the nursery, even at the most godliest church you've ever in your entire life been at, and you ever babysitted, watched kids that are... One, two, and three. They came from the greatest parents. They love Jesus. They worship all the time. They always have a Bible. They just look like Jesus. Their kids are demons. Their kids steal. They, they steal toys. They pull from people. They pull hair. They bite. Don't they? You're like, I know your parents. What, what happened to you? And then you ever had to be the person that says, uh, excuse me, you had to write your son up today. In our kindergarten class, my son, he fell from heaven. He, God made him. God made all of them, okay? I mean, you ever, you ever see it? We think that we just come from my mother's wombs and we just, we're just generous and we share and we're kind and loving. And some of you are like, but I am. Well, listen to me. We came from a seed of sin. And he had to die to cut the sin, all right? You don't have to teach a kid to steal a toy from another kid. That kid ain't wanted that toy in seven years. One kid picks it up, they're going to go get that toy. You ain't playing with that toy since you were hatched. Well, I want it today, but you're not getting it today. I mean, that just happens, all right? And then when you turn your back, they pull it from the other kid, and then it starts a big, it's just bad after that. So, so you don't have to teach them that. God knows us. We, are, we have a tendency to be selfish. We have a tendency to want. We have a tendency to hold on. And God says, I implement tithing. It's my command that you tithe, that you give, because you're never more like me than when you give. Okay? I learned a really hard lesson. My dad taught us tithing. He did. Did a good job. My mom and dad taught us tithing. But when you go off to college, hmm. <laughs> Uh, you know, your dad don't hand you the envelope anymore with two quarters and you color faces on it anymore. Amen? So you have your own checking account. You have your own money. You're kind of your own person. You can get up and go to church if you want to. You don't have to. You can tell your parents that you went. They'll never know. You can even steal bulletins from churches. Y'all have done this. And that way if mom pops in, you say, that was last Sunday and that was the Sunday before. I didn't go, but my friend brought it to me. You know, you don't tell that. Okay? But you, but you do that. So I was a sophomore in college, and I went to Emmanuel Baptist Church. And so my baseball buddies said, hey, man, we're going to get them go to church tomorrow. I said, great. It would be great to have you all. I hope you do. I'll meet you there. So I get there. Are they there? No, they're not there. No, not one of them comes. Not one baseball. boy. That's how they get the reputation they get. So here I am. I'm at church by myself. Don't know where to sit, really. I'm all by myself. You sit with a guy. So I go down there and sit. And uh, I sit down, and two sweet little old ladies sit by me. They just stare me up and down. They're like. I was nervous the whole time. I didn't I know what was going on. They needed their husband to come sit by them or something. I don't know what was going on. But, but they just watched me like I was a bad person. Must, somebody must have tipped them off as a baseball guy in college, you know. So, so they were watching me. So, so, my, so I, I kind of developed a habit of discipline and tithing. And so $10 was my number. And I was going to give to God, every time I was in church, I was going to get God $10, okay, put it in the plate. So that particular morning, they, you know, they do the they do special song, <laughs> and then they pass the plate, okay. So as the plate's coming, I take my checkbook out, and, and I really want to, I write manual Baptist church, and I write giving at the bottom in the memo, and then I write, I already signed my name. But in the box, I'm having a hard time because I have $11.69 in my checking account, Hmm. I'm living large, aren't I? And so, if I write ten dollars, that's a dollar sixty-nine. And I'm going to tell you right now, there's a problem with that because at East Texas Baptist University, they give you lunch on Sundays, but they don't open the cafeteria on Sunday nights. Well, you can't even buy very many tacos for a dollar sixty-nine. So I was worried about my dinner time. So I was like, God, how about today? I just write five, five good. I make it up next week, fifteen. We good? Making deals with God. <laughs> so, so I don't want to write ten bucks. So the plate starts coming by, and I don't want to make these ladies more uncomfortable than they already are sitting by me. So I see the plate coming, and I really take my pen. I really want to write a five, and I write ten. I'm like, oh, it's not. Now i got to write $10. So I write $10, and I tear it out, and I fold it once, and I put it in the plate, and the plate goes by, and I'm like. (laughs) I'm trying to find a way to get that back, you know. So then I sit there, and I watch it go behind me, and I'm like, i got to figure out a way to what's a story I can come up with that I need to take that check back? I got to get my dog out of the pound. Uh, my mom's real sick. None of that worked. So I just let it go. I was like, oh my gosh. So I go to back to the campus and I, chicken fried steak is Sunday lunch and bait a lot, Jeff, because you're not getting dinner. Okay. So, so I'm eating a whole bunch of chicken fried steak and just eating, 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 eating all can. Man, I go downstairs. So the uh, student center, the cafeteria's up top, student center's down the bottom, over here's the, the mailboxes, and I haven't checked my mail Friday, Saturday, forgot all about it, because a lot of times it's just a bunch of junk mail and stupid stuff, like credit cards for 27% interest, and college kids are like, really? that's great, a, a credit card's awesome, fill that 27% interest, what, and, and so they just do stupid stuff, that's why they mail it to them, and so, uh, so I just going through my mail, and nah, nah, nah. then there's an envelope, I was like, hey, that envelope looks like one of them envelopes, you know, they got them special envelopes that have checks in them. I'm like, that envelope might be something. And at the top right, I mean, the top left, it had First Baptist Church Smack Over Arkansas. So if you don't know where Smack Over Arkansas is, it's just Smack Over there. Okay, so you got to look that up later. Look why the football games are on. Look up Smackover, Arkansas. It really does exist. So that summer, this is in late fall, that summer back in June, I, I went to be with my mom in Arkansas for the summer and work at Lionel Oil Company. And so uh, the pastor at, at First Bad Smack Smackover, Arkansas, invited me to come on a Wednesday night and speak to the youth, share my testimony, talk about the Lord. So I said, shoot, yeah, I'll go. He said, I'll pay you 25 bucks." 1987, $25 like Big deal, man. All right. So went, spoke, you know the old story. Jeff, sorry to tell you, find out the secretary, she was sick. Now David didn't get a chance to write you a check. It's in the mail. Hmm, oh boy. So that's all he said. So I, I don't even think about it anymore. Finish summer, go back to school, fall goes by, then I'm at church. I do that tithe. I come downstairs, there's that envelope. And when I thought about Smack Over Arkansas, I went, that's it. I never got paid from that church. This is gonna be 25 bucks. So I tear it open, pull out the check. It said, Jeff Ponder on it. I looked over there on the side. It didn't say 25, it said 50. I was like, pooh, doubled up. And the pastor had a note. Sorry about that. We just realized we didn't pay you in June. So I was pumped up, man. I was fired up. So none of this, not going to eat dinner. We were going to K-Bob's. K-Bob's Steakhouse. Amen. Y'all remember K-Bob's? Woo, I was about to tear up a ribeye because God's been good. You know, he's been faithful. So you might be thinking, well, that check was already in there regardless of what you tied that morning. I know. Thanks for pouring water on that. I know that. Okay? The check was there. It probably came Friday or Saturday. But my, my Discipline, my habit, what I had told God, 10 bucks. Don't short God. Well, that check was still there, even if you'd have written five. I know that too. Thank you. Negative Nancy, appreciate you sharing that. Okay? The bottom line is, God's faithful. He's faithful, man. So you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff because God's got you. God's math is different than our math. My math said five bucks. God said, be faithful and do 10. That you told me you'd do 10. Do 10. God used that check to cement home to me that my God can be trusted, that he's got me, man. And from that sophomore year, of 1987, God said, I'm, I'm faithful, Jeff. I'm faithful. You be faithful, I'll be faithful. It'll come from nowhere. It'll come from places you don't even know about. It'll come from places you forgot. I'll take a dollar and stretch it, and you do not even know how I did that. God is faithful every time. Matthew 16. 33 says this, but seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first him. First is him. He's got the rest. First is him. First is him. In college, that particular morning, I had to make a decision. Is he going to be first? He's going to be First. So I did it, and God sent me a beautiful reminder that all these things will be added to you. I told my roommate, I said, hey, my treat tonight for dinner, going to K-Bob's, he gave me a big old hug and a kiss on the forehead, and I said, whoa, shouldn't be doing that as roommates. You need to get on over there to your side of the room, all right? But I understand your passion and excitement, okay? But, but no, all right? So, so God is faithful. Many of you get popcorn testimonies all over this place about how God can be faithful. How faithful God is. God is faithful. So you might ask, why did you tithe? And we took all that answered all that. But why did God do a percentage? He said 10% is a tithe. Why did God do a percentage? It's an interesting question. Because he could have just said 10,000. But, but what if you don't make $10,000? You're off the hook, right? You're off the hook. God set a percentage because everybody can do it. Everybody can do it. Everybody can do that. I tell a lot of couples, especially young couples, I do a lot of weddings. I said the most important thing you can do as a young couple is begin to discipline the habit of tithing. And I know right now you may have a tremendous amount of college debt, you may, may not have much money right now, but I want you to understand something. Don't get legalistic and chase a 10% number. Because a 10% is what a tithe is. But I want you to develop the discipline of giving. So if you can do 3%, do 3%. If you can do 4, do 4. If you can do 7, do 7. If you can do 8, do 8. If you can do 10, do 10. But every year you do 3%. The next year, commit yourself to one another. We're gonna do 4% next year. And the next year, we're gonna do 5%. And the next year, we're gonna do 6%. And if you will do that, you will grow into a tither. A person who gives 10% of what they've been, their first fruits, what they've been given. But I don't want you to feel guilty over the fact that if I can't get the 10, then until I get to 10, I can't do anything. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You commit yourself to giving a percentage and let God grow it and grow you from that perspective and that point on. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. Put them on the kitchen table. Your own understanding says, can't do it. We can't do 1%. We love Pastor Jeff, but we can't even do 1%. I bet you can. Do 1% see what happens. God can do more than you think he can. You step out in faith and he'll prove it to you. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't lean on your own understanding. Last scripture and we're done. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, beautiful text. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be full of, and overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Give, give, give. Trust the Lord. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. He's good. Wherever you find yourself today, if you're already part of the 388 giving units, just keep on keeping on, baby. If last year you have a 7% is what you and your family did, try to do 8% this year, okay? If you have not yet jumped in to being a part of the giving team here at TCAB, I want to invite you to jump in. That's fun. That's flat fun because we win a lot, and winning's fun, okay? Jump in. Do 2%, do 3%, do 7%, do 8%, whatever you can do. Partner together and say, sweetheart, we're doing this. As a family, we're doing this. We can trust God. We're going to honor God. We're going to be faithful to God. And God will absolutely open heaven and bless you beyond measure, man. You better get a dump truck if you don't have one and back it up because he's going to pour it on you. So I want to invite you to join the giving team here at the church, okay? I'm not asking you to be a tither at 10%. You might not be there yet, okay? But you can do a percentage. That's why God implemented it. You can do a percentage, and I ask you to join him. I'm going to ask you to stay in church. Let the worship team come on up. As a senior pastor, when you have to, because you have been called by God to teach giving, you got to teach giving, man. you got to. Okay? But it's not easy to teach on giving. Okay, there are some churches that have wounded people in this subject of giving and money. I just want you to know something. Giving is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You need to give. You need to give to the church. You see where your money goes. All the different missions, all the different outreach, all the different camps and retreats. Be a part of that giving team. Ask God, God, what do you want us to do as a family? How do you want us to jump in in this team? Okay, all right? And jump in, feet first, head first, off the high dive, go for it. And I'm going to promise you something. God is faithful. He's faithful, man. He's faithful, okay? I want to pray for us. Then we're going to worship. And I just want you to simply ask God, God, what are you saying to me, just to me, not to my wife, not to us. You can ask her later or him later. God, what are you saying to me? How do you want us to be involved here? It's, it's in your word. We want to be people of the word. How do you want us to be in, jump in in the giving team? We want the giving team here at the church to always grow. It's our desire. We're going to ask God to do that. Father, we love you. Thank you so much. For all that you do in our lives, God. God, you're just good. We love you. We adore you. We worship you. We exalt you. We magnify you. You're, you're good. But God, you're so faithful, so faithful. And God, we know we can trust you. And God, I pray that we step out. If we've not even stepped out, we will, we will begin the discipline and the habit of giving. And God, you'll grow us from there. So God, I pray that you will speak through your Holy Spirit. And God, you will cause us to want to be a part of the kingdom, of the giving kingdom, of the giving team. And God, that we, would, that we would glorify and honor you in everything that we do in this area. God, as we worship you now, we pray you speak. In Christ's name, amen, amen. Let's worship, church.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram by using the church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.